and welcome back to Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. Check it out. Today is the 26th of July in the year 2023. And it's a Wednesday. It's been a busy day. 29 patients. So very fucking busy. And... Feeling pretty good. We did it well. I got Emster. People say think I'm saying hamster when I say that. Emily. I call her the Emster, not hamster. I recently came up recently came up with a different name for her, and that is MVP. An allusion to her being a very important person around the office. Now, my mean is either the manager of Healthy Balance Chiropractic. Been with me for about 10 years, all told. So she knows me. She's done Dr. Drill boot camp. She's worked at the office for many years. She, we were breaking her employment for a while. She pursued different things and inevitably came back and extracts a lot of joy from from doing the work we do and working with me. We get along extremely well. Um, We have a lot of fun, and there's a lot of respect and professionalism between us. And it's just a good, it's a good friggin' match. We're a good, uh, a good team. So, my good friend Angie has moved on. She's pursuing some other employments and ultimately is planning on starting her own practice as an acupuncturist very, very soon. So we wish her the best and thank her for being a valued employee for a very, very long time as well. We've had a lot of great people come through the office. I mean, a couple of turds, but on on average, we've had some wonderful people grace the front desk. And help us fulfill our mission. We're just making people happy, making people move better, feel better, be better. So, yeah, so Emily and I kicked ass today. And it's not to say we didn't have any bumps in the road, but we we smoothed them over. We kicked ass, came home with the win. So that is the most important thing. You know, coming back from vacation, I've talked about how difficult it can be sometimes. Two rabbits pursuing each other there. That's not what they're talking about, rabbits. Yeah. Um, going on vacation, right? You're planning. You're trying to squeeze in all these last-minute details, so that can be stressful. But then you get to the finish line. You're at that. You're at the vacation destination. You unpack, and now it's time to have a great time. And so, we did that on two for two weeks this summer. And just had a fucking awesome time. That was wonderful. Now, it's time to get back to work. So it can be stressful going on vacation. And then it can be it's undoubtedly very stressful coming back. Because the responsibilities that we all have, if we're of working age, we've got families, school, schedules, appointments, all these things, we try our best to balance. 
and sometimes when you step away, it means you got to do extra work to catch up. So that can be that can be a bummer. So as a consequence, I had a bunch of 25, 30 patient days this week, which is a good thing to be busy, but might be a little bit too much work to squeeze in one day. But we, we did it all pretty well. We'll continue to do that. Uh, when I come back, I also am always have a renewed, like, motivation. Like, I want to be better than I have ever been. I want to I want to serve patients more fully. I want to help everybody. I want to I just want to make a difference. I want to move my my work, my business, my goals to the next level. I want to be a better person. I want to not that I'm dissatisfied with the person that I currently am or my current status in life. I think if the world ended tomorrow or I died in some fucking terrible death I would be satisfied. I'd also be dead, but I'd be satisfied with what I've put on the table in terms of my efforts and my 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 philosophy and my ambitions that have always been pure. I try to be a good person. And I believe I've succeeded, but I want to be even better. You know? And I want to be more balanced. I, my business is called Healthy Balance Chiropractic. And that's what I'm trying to promote for other people. And as stressful as life can be, I want to be a little sanctuary for them and provide an inspiration for them to be better. And I want to, in order to do that, most effectively, I need to be better myself. I need to practice what I preach. <clears throat> and just like the shoemaker's kids can have their shoes sometimes. At the end of the day, working on people physically, I am physically tired. I'm sore. My back can hurt. And yes, I get adjusted. And yes, I get my muscles worked on. And I stretch and I exercise and I try to eat well and and do all the right things. Meditate. But I can be better. That's my goal. I want you guys to hold my ass to it catch me slipping or hanging my head or doing anything foolish. That's not what, I'm, that's what I want to do. It's not in my purview. That being said, I just talked to somebody earlier or this evening about how, you know, there's some of these characters out there that, you know, I used to be one of these uh, fitness personalities where, and I guess still am, where I was like, let's go. you got to fucking work hard. you got to be there. you got to show up. Motivation, discipline. What you put in, you get out. And I am of that mindset. I am of that ilk. But people like, you know, uh, David Goggins, Jocko Willink, you know, all these influencers out there, podcasters, the spec ops community that we look to for discipline, toughness, and tenacity, and and just, just fucking warriors, you know? Every every man at least wants to be a fucking warrior and possess that warrior spirit. You know, taking pictures of their watches at four or fifteen in the morning because they gotta get that workout in, you know. Or they fail. I'm not that fucking far gone. I think that that's extreme, you know. I think that that represents the pendulum swinging. 
too far into one direction. Yes, we need to exercise, but you know, you don't need to take a picture of your sweat, sweaty kettlebells on the fucking gym floor at four o'clock in the morning. Like maybe you just go out and take a walk, you know, or you know, hey, today I jumped rope, or you know, it doesn't doesn't make you a sissy if every picture you take doesn't include you making a fist, like you you know, like you're ready for for war. But that's what a lot of people want to be like. That's what they identify with, identify as being strong, a winner. And I've taken many pictures making a fist myself. But anyway, so just balance. Happiness, longevity, flexibility of body and mind, good interactions with people making a fucking difference is what I want to do. Okay? But I, like I said, when I came back this week, I was pretty stressed just getting back into the into the swing of things. And I talked to a lot of my patients, and they were having their own issues, you know, of course, and they share some of these things with me. So I've got, uh, you know, patients who, you know, one woman says she just had a panic attack. You know, balancing, does a balancing act with family and work and, you know, all the things that she manages and moms especially manage so much. And she just found herself, you know, breathless, couldn't breathe, started having a panic attack. What do I do? We talked about that. Talked about all the things that are weighing on her mind. And I talked to a grandmother, someone who used to do my boot camps and her, her granddaughter, was not even in her teens yet, I guess it had, had to be institutionalized for a time in order to deal with her anxiety. And uh, very sad to me that a young person would be struggling with something like that. But I said to her, and she goes, I don't know, before she, when she told me, she was like, you know, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but uh, my granddaughters have been having a tough time. And I heard her out, and I said, you know what? I have a tough time I'm stressed out right now because I'm just coming back from vacation. Of course, my, you know, apples and fucking grapefruits there. I hate to see a young person having a difficult time, but you know what? The tools and the skills that she's going to learn now how to deal with this are going to help her. Ideally, they're going to help her overcome this and rise above. And many other people presented to me and told me what they were, what they were going through. I mean, this is a... You know, this is late July in the summertime when everybody should be having smiles on their faces and just living it up, coming off of vacations and weekends filled with barbecues and swimming pools and whatever. I mean, everybody loves the summer, right? You know, things happen year-round, every season, but life goes on. But, you know, people really expressing themselves as having a tough time, and it really... It, it gave me the realization, it, in a way, it made me feel good because you're not alone. And when you're experiencing stress, anxiety, depression, any sort of neurosis, is that the proper term? Any sort of blip on the radar screen, you sometimes feel alone. You feel weak and you feel ashamed and you feel like nobody else is really, you know, people have problems, have struggles, 
and that many of our problems or greatest fears are unfounded, but you feel vulnerable and you don't want to share that, especially if you're a tough guy like me. But I think we people need to talk about shit. You know, they need to get things off their chest. And sometimes they get a lot to get off their chest. Like this guy this morning, I mean, six o'clock this morning when I woke up, this this man that I apparently served with 30-something years ago, he was right, he wrote a fucking entire fucking novel. I mean, post after post on my on a message, uh, Facebook Messenger. Hey, this is what's going on. You know, you got to do this for me. Speaking in tongues that I cannot even describe. Just like telling me about situations that he's in and I need to help him and you know, I need to contact these, you know, uh, you know, politicians and, you know, government representatives to try to help him solve this terrible situation that he's in. And the guy's really got problems. Like, it sounds like he has seen combat and he had uh, terrible PTSD and it's really wrecked his life. And as, as a veteran, as somebody who, you know, brotherhood, being part of, you know, being a United States Marine, there's nothing, there's few things that require that much of a commitment. And, you know, when if your fellow Marine is hurting or in a bad way, you try to help, right? Somebody goes, gets banged up in a combat situation and they come back and they're having all these struggles, physical or mental, we would want to help them, right? And so, of course, I want to hear him out. And I responded a couple of times in between this fucking novel and breaks in the paragraphs that he would send. And I would, you know, be in a space between patients, a couple of minutes, a couple of seconds, I would, I would say, yeah, man, you know, you know, that sucks. Or how could I help? And I'd really like to help, but I'm not really, um, thousand miles away and you know what does your wife think or you know just trying to reason wanting to be empathetic with this person caring about him wanting to make a difference in people's lives but feeling like in some cases you can't listening to people tell you about their struggles and that they confide in you. Nothing is greater than that. Yet I feel helpless in, you know, whatever way I might. I mean, I've reached out to somebody who who knows more about organizations that would help veterans and stuff. I'm going to try, try to find some way to help this guy, but it seems like his situation is dire. I, mean, I want him to live till tomorrow, so the rest of this night, I'm sure, will be filled communicating with him a little bit. But admittedly, his tr- his struggles might be too great an itch for me to scratch, so that's frustrating. So, a lot of good conversations with people about rising above problems, about 
like I talked to a young lady this evening who has had a boyfriend. She's, I think, very religious. She's religious. Her boyfriend is religious. Their beliefs were a little bit different. Sound like their life ambitions were a little bit different. Maybe something about a family or not wanting to raise a family or I don't know. But cute little couple. And uh, they broke up. And the uh, guy moved back to where he's from, not too far away. But you know, that's a little sad. But you know, also very mature of them to recognize that, that an incompatibility or a, an impasse. And we had a nice conversation about it. We had a nice conversation about those summers, those very few summers that we have remaining, and that we need to make the best of them. And it's life. We need to demand of it what we what we want and work towards those things. You know, put the steps necessary, you know, put the work in in order to achieve our goals, realize some sort of happiness, play the game the best we can possibly play it. And you got to understand, you know, another 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 patient talking about how his two-year-old, terrible twos, will not leave his wife alone, will not give her a break, will not self-soothe. And so the struggles of parenthood, you know, and telling me about another parent, friend, Somebody in their 30s who's a, a mom who's a fucking mess and has, you know, went down this terrible path as a mom and kind of wants out of a relationship. And, you know, the, the, all that's at stake there when you've got children that are watching. I've always felt like all bets are off once you have kids. That's the ultimate responsibility. You can't be a fuck up. Any of the problems that you think are, um, insurmountable, you better find a fucking way, you know, you better be like David Goggins or Jocko Willink, get your ass up, fucking get to work, take care of yourself, manage your responsibilities, and shut the fuck up about it, you know what I mean, I had an old boss, he told me one time, when somebody's stressed out, or they feel overwhelmed, you give them more work to do, they don't really need a break, they actually need something to focus on, something to focus, something positive to focus on, something something to, a problem to solve, you know what I mean? And I and I understood that. I was a fucking Scientologist, so it's probably, you know, one of those isms, but, you know, in a fucked up way, it, it, it made sense. They don't have too much work, they need more work to do. <laughs> Interesting. So all kinds of people that come through our lives and you better believe that each and every one of them has challenges, has stresses, has anxieties. And they're dealing with these things. They're saddled with these things. They're pushing through. They're doing their best. But sometimes they struggle. And it is a fucking honor if they will tell you what they're dealing with. Because sometimes just having somebody listen is very therapeutic. And who knows, maybe you can offer some advice to boost their spirits. And so that is good fucking work, my friend. That's why at almost 9 p.m., you know, I am conscious still. Because it is an honor to hear 
what people have going on and to give the, some kind of instrument, you know, however slight, however small, just a little bit of oomph, a little bit of energy, a little bit of activation energy, which chemically speaking I've described before as just that amount of energy, it's like pushing a car, a manual transmission, and then popping the clutch. You need that little extra momentum so you can transfer mechanical energy into electrical energy and the engine fires, roars to life, right? And you fucking teeny boppers, Gen Xers or whatever, you know, Gen Xers, Gen Z, I don't know what the fuck generations are. Anyway, you understand what I'm saying. Karate Kid 1, Mrs. LaRusso and her fucking super duper wagon. When I tell you to pop it, pop it. And Daniel and her push, the mom, push the dragon wagon and then fucking Allie. Elizabeth's shoe, she pops the clutch and fucking da-dum, 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 boom, smoke comes out of the exhaust. Just to do that for somebody, to help give them a little momentum so they can unfuck themselves is a very important thing to do, and it's helpful to you as well. So, and it's an honor when somebody thinks enough of you to share their feelings. Because we're all emotional beings. I, I in closing, I'll share, I was listening to a podcast, a couple of them, with this uh, Lex Friedman. He's a great interviewer. He interviewed some Israelis and some Palestinians um, recently, which is like one of the most fucking biggest quagmires that exists ever or perhaps ever will exist. So he, he interviews Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu, and uh, uh, who is like the president or premier or whatever the fuck, leader of Israel. And then he interviewed a Palestinian person of note. And then he interviewed another Israeli uh, and a historian and historian, um, Noah Yuval Harari, fucking brilliant guy, historian, thinker. And he said that um, what makes, what he defined consciousness, consciousness is our ability to feel emotions, our senses. That's what separates us from artificial intelligence, robots, unthinking things. You know, we're wondering if uh, AI is going to become sentient. So basically, are they going to be able to have a feel? Are they going to become conscious? It, will it become conscious? Right? Will AI become conscious and feel like human beings? In a way, when I'm telling you all these stories about people um, having challenges, mental stresses, emotional stresses, problems that they're trying to solve and struggling, you might think that emotions are, um, they fucking cause more problems than they solve. But on the other hand, our ability to feel and share our emotions is what makes us uniquely human. It's what we needed, and we also to tell stories. Um, listen to another podcast, or started to listen to it, and it was about on the topic of storytelling. It was Judd Apatow, who I think was a famous director, Forty-Year-Old Virgin, um, many, many other comedies like that. And he said he always liked, liked to listen to people tell a story tell their story. He was interested in how you know, 
their perspective and what they were going through. And so he would always like to hear stories. So we are storytellers. We are emotional. And that is a beautiful thing, and it can be a terrible thing. It can hijack us and, you know, take us off course. So we need to be able to control our emotions and, and uh, in various ways. If that means you need to talk to a fucking counselor. Um, you know, I spoke to somebody this, this afternoon as well about that very thing. You know, her niece or somebody was telling them that she's really dealing with some anxiety, like a college student. Fucking A. Guess what? Very, very common. Me too. <laughs> so, um, just hearing that somebody else is having a similar experience, like you don't say, oh yeah, me too, fuck it, everybody's stressed. But you say, yeah, you know, you know what? You, it, the future's bright. You're going to be okay. I've been through something like this myself. Can we talk about it? Yeah, you know, this is what I did, or this is what she did, or maybe you talk to somebody. And just in, in communicating that and, and opening your emotion, uh, sharing your emotions, what you're feeling with another person, that is a human quality, that is a human trait, and that is very important. And it's ironic because I think a lot of people feel, pun intended, that others don't want to listen or they don't care or, you know, they feel alone, isolated, this is some problem unique to me and I'm, I'm just crazy or I'm always stressed or I need to be unmet. You know what I mean? Everybody's dealing with this shit, whether it's large or small, you know? So listen to people and be intrigued, be interested, and use your emotion in a positive way. Um, it is a blessing, and it can be a curse. We just can't let it, you know, step on us, get in our way. All right. Go fuck yourself. Guys, I got to go eat dinner. 9 o'clock.